0: Condon.
1: Hi, welcome back. Hour number two, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Busy hour. Take you up until noon. Let's get right to our friend David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa Sponsors Cap. He joins us at this time each and every Wednesday. We're grateful for that and a lot on his plate to uh, the this coming segment. Billy Donovan, Gail Sayers, Cubs, White Sox, Undefeated Bears. Cap, how are you?
0: Doing awesome! It's a gorgeous day in the city of Chicago. It's seventy-eight, and sunny. I have the top down on my car. Nice. And I'm talking to my two guys.
1: Nice, very nice, Cap. Very envious. I love Chicago. Uh, so, Cap, let's uh, let's start with Gail Sayers is passing. Uh, such a tremendous person from everything I read as well. Of course, we remember. You know, for some people, the Brian Piccolo story, the movie that uh, that came out, et cetera, uh His career cut short due to injury. All of the highlights that you see of him at Wrigley Field. What? They didn't play football at Wrigley Field. That's ah, Photoshop. No, they played football at Wrigley Field. Kappa, what an incredible player, uh, and he passed away. Your, thought, your memories of Gale Sayers?
0: Yeah, I was too young to remember him as a player. As was a little kid. I vaguely remember it. People, you know, the younger generation, they're like, well, didn't you watch him on television? We didn't have any Sunday tickets and Red Zone. We didn't have any of that stuff. And there was a time the Bears weren't selling out. They were no good. And they were blacked out in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so our neighbor had one of those, like, 30-foot high antennas. And you'd be able to get the South Bend, Indiana signal that was carrying the Bears game. That's how different the world is today. But, you know, you go back and watch on YouTube and watch the highlights of Gail Sayers, and you realize, I went to the Hall of Fame and only played, you know, a full five seasons. He had two ACL injuries. They didn't repair ACLs then like they do today. It was basically a career-ending injury. And then, I'm going to say it was 20... 2015, 2016, as Gail's health started to decline mentally then, he was dealing with dementia. He was still reasonably sharp, and I did, inside look, Gail Sayers. They came in the newsroom and said, hey, who wants to do Gail Sayers? And I looked around and went, I'll take that one. And I went up to his office in Libertyville, uh, Lake Forest area, sat down with him, and he was still really, really good to talk to, and it was an amazing opportunity. I mean, if you think back, I, I got to do the last big TV interview of Ernie Banks, the last one of Gale Sayers. I mean, that's the most iconic yeah. name to ever play in the world of sports, let alone just Chicago, and sitting there and talking to him and listening to him talk about how good he thought his era was versus
2: Modern-day football, it was an amazing thing. Bears are 2-0. and How they're 2-0, and uh, we can poke holes in it, but they are 2-0. and You are what your record says you are. At least that's what Bill Parcells told us a couple of decades that's back. Correct. 2-0, this team gets Atlanta on the road this week that can score. Where are you with this Bears team? And I'll tell you one thing, Robert Quinn on the other side, boy, that's going to be a big, big help to Khalil Mack.
0: Yeah, here's where I'm at. A, you're right, Trent, if you are what your record says you are. Uh, did they catch a break when Swift in Detroit drops the touchdown pass that would have beaten them? Yep. Sure they did. Yep. Did they catch a break that, you know, they missed a field goal, Anthony Miller dropped the touchdown, Anthony Miller dropped the first down, Allen Robinson dropped the first down, that he let a guy rip out of his hands for an interception. But, again, you still have to go out and make enough plays to put yourself in position to win a football game. And I find it funny, I've had a bunch of people either on my timeline or some of the experts are going, big deal, they beat Detroit, Detroit's horrible. Those are the same idiots that before the season started, the hot pick was Detroit's (laughs) finally going to figure it out, they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFC, and now that the Bears beat them, Detroit's sick. Now, I don't think Detroit's very good, and I didn't at the start of the year, but add it all up, and you've seen an improved Mitchell Trubisky, not where he needs to be, but he's improved. And I really think this defense has a chance to be good, but the O line has been special. Yep.
1: No doubt about it, Cap. And that's, to me, one of the biggest improvements. David Montgomery looked really good when he came back into the game after it looked as though he was going to be injured. James Daniels, uh, former Hawkeye, he's been terrific. This offensive line, Cap, uh, they're protecting Trubisky. They're giving it a little bit of extra time. So where is the fan base on the quarterback? Are they coming around or still need to see more before they buy in?
0: No, they still need to see more. Now, look, I'm not going to tell you that we just found, you know, the next version of Drew Brees. I'm not telling you that. What I'm saying is he's made progress. He continues to work hard. He was at Jeff Christensen's facility on Monday. Showed up there, called Jeff. You guys all know who Jeff is. Mm-hmm. Played. It was the Iowa quarterback. Yeah. Jeff is one of the great quarterback teachers in the world. And he's been working with Mitchell. And Jeff said, Mitch, called. Need to come out. I want to work on my footwork. Day off for the Bears, Mitchell Trubisky spending two hours with Jeff Christensen, and they tweeted out a picture, and there's Mitch in his gear, working on his footwork. Jeff and his assistant are watching, teaching, coaching. This kid wants to get better. But there's a, a segment of our fan base, a good size segment, and of our media. They have painted their picture already. Mitch sucks. He shouldn't be the quarterback. He couldn't have won the job over Nick Foles, even though none of them in the fan base were ever at training camp. They can't believe that Mitchell Trubisky's the quarterback. And so every time he has an incomplete, I told you he sucks. The kid's making progress. Does he have to be better? Absolutely. But they're
2: 2-0. I'm uh, already getting ready to get myself a Jalen Johnson. Ooh. Ken, you had this one. That dude is a stud. There's going to be a lot of 33 jerseys, I think, going around Chicago. They found a good one there from Utah.
0: Yeah, he's a really good player, and I enjoyed the Zoom call we all had with him yesterday when he spoke to the media, and they asked him about Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, and he said, look, I grew up in high school and even some in college where I was this huge Julio Jones fan. He said he's an amazing player. I'm just excited to have the opportunity to show what I can do and to go up against guys like that. He's not shrinking from this challenge. And he got trucked by Marvin Hall in the Detroit game, ran him over. And other than that one play, I think he's been really, really, really good.
1: Cap, baseball in a second uh, Billy Donovan is the next uh, head coach of the Chicago Bulls. Uh did the announcement surprise you? I mean, obviously he wasn't available for the length of time that they've been in the head coaching market. Are the Bills, I guess the are the Bills. The Bulls theoretically better today than they were yesterday just because they've got a better head coach and and how, where did this come from, Cap? How long had it been in the works?
0: It's been in for a while, and it did not surprise me. And I thought I brought it up to you guys in the last you know, week or two that we've been together. But I've been screaming on my radio show the day Billy Donovan announced he and Oklahoma City were parting ways. He had met with Sam Presti, the president and GM, and he said, this is Sam Presti. Look, I couldn't lay out a clear plan for Billy of what the future is in Oklahoma City. This ball's not getting any younger. Are we going to tear it apart? I don't know. I'm going to see how our finances are affected by the pandemic. And so Billy said, all right, I'm out. I'm going to see what else is out there. Thank you for your five years. You did a really good job. They made the playoffs every year. One Western Conference final. Uh, And I said, if I'm Arturist, I am literally on a NetJet account tonight. Billy, I'm flying down. I'm going to be at your door. I'll have a mask on. we got to talk. And... That's apparently what happened. Found out today that, hey man, two days after he announced he's leaving Oklahoma City, our tourist was at his house. Blew mm-hmm. down there. They met. He laid out a plan and said, we are not rebuilding in Chicago. We're retooling. And there are people going, well, what are you retooling? Your team thinks Here's what they're retooling. They are retooling because they're not trading away their young players and going, well, let's see how many games we can lose and maybe we get the number one pick next year. They're going to try and add, whether it's Giannis, oh, Anthony wow. Davis, um, Bradley Beal. Name a good player. If they become available, the Bulls are in play.
2: White Sox have lost five of their last seven, averaging just three runs a game during this one. My twins to a half game back here. It's tightened up in a big-time way. What's gone wrong over the last week-plus with the White Sox?
0: Well, you know, Dallas Keuchel's been dealing with a back injury, and so he made one start in there. Dylan Steach still nibbles too much, even though he's got amazing stuff. Dane Dunning, they just don't have a lot of depth in that rotation. I still think they're not a great defensive team, and they live and die by the long ball. Still a really good young team. They're going to the postseason they got to beat Shane Bieber tonight, or all of a sudden, Cleveland looks and goes, wow, we're two games back if we win tonight. So I think it's going to be a really impactful game tonight to watch Giolito against Bieber.
1: Yeah, that's appointment TV. I didn't realize that was a pitching matchup. Cap, I know Hendricks goes tonight, conversely, for the Cubs. So that would put him back, theoretically, on Sunday. He's not pitching Sunday, is he? This has got to be his final start of the regular season, correct?
0: Well, I guess if they're trying to clinch a division so that they play at Wrigley as opposed on the road. That's A. B, if they have clinched, maybe instead of a side section, he throws, I don't know, 60 pitches, 40 pitches, whatever it is, where he can work on whatever it is he wants to work on. So let's just wait and see exactly what happens. Who do you want
2: to see in that first-round matchup for the Cubs? Phillies, possibility the Reds, Brewers, all could be involved here. Maybe even the Marlins. Who's, uh, who's the team you think matches up the Cubs' matchup best with in the opening round?
0: The Royals. <laughs> yeah, That'd be a good one. Uh-huh. I mean, all kidding aside, look, you're going to have to be the best. You have to beat the best. Now, I don't want the Dodgers in round one, but whoever it is, whoever it is, set them up and try and knock them down like using a bowling reference. You got you, Darvish. You're going to have Kyle Hendricks in the first two games. You should win those two games at Wrigley Field. You really should. But again, their offense has been god awful. awful. Yep, awful. So let's find out because I'd hate to see Darvish pitch great and you lose two to one, one to nothing. He makes one mistake and you lose three to one. They have got to start hitting, and it's, you know we can preach till we're blue in the face, but at some point they are what they are, and they better find a way to score some runs.
1: David Kaplan, Centurion Stone uh, of Iowa Sponsors. Cappy, uh, I thought David. I think David Ross has done a really good job. I didn't understand Sunday night, national TV, um, pulling Schwarber the way he did. And you know, Did Schwarber let the ball roll around? Cave took an extra base. It went from second to third. It looked like it was a double all day long, but he stretched it into a triple, and Schwarber may have been a little lackadaisical, but for God's sakes, Baez, hitting balls he think are leaving the ballpark, and he's jogging down to first base and becomes a long single. Uh, Chris Bryant's had his ups and downs. What did you think of Ross? What was the message he was trying to send, and did uh, uh, did it uh, get home?
0: Um, I don't know if it got home because I think Kyle Schwerber is the guy that plays incredibly hard all the time. Did he make a mistake? Yes. No question. But he, this is – and I love David. Ross, but he took a shot at me because when Javi Baez blooped one down the right field line about a month ago, he stood at home plate, watched it, because it's clearly going into the stand. Oops. It fell fair, and he ended up on first base, and he should have been on at least second, if not third, the way the ball landed, and he wasn't running. And after the game, I do my recap, and I said, David Ross, you're better than that. You came in here to clean up the loosey-goosey of Joe Madden. That guy needed to be pulled from the game or tomorrow. Guess what, Javi? You're not playing tomorrow. I'll sacrifice one game because I'm making a point. And what did I get? Nitpick. You nitpick. I'm not going to be that guy that nitpicked. This was the ultimate nitpick. Yeah. A guy who does everything. Javi's had his moments where he does all this stuff. Schwarber never does. He read it, thought, yeah, the guy's cruising in the second, no big deal. All of a sudden, J.K. turns on the afterburners, and that guy can flat-out run. He really can And he ends up a third. So now we're going to make an example in the season's final week over Kyle Scorber as opposed to maybe let's set a precedent with Javi Baez. I didn't understand it.
1: No. Last thing, Kappa Lester looked good on Monday night. Uh, has he secured that third spot in the rotation? Mills has been terrific since the no hitter. He's had a really good year overall. But would Lester start Game Three in your mind?
0: Yes, he's John Lester. Yeah, I think out of you know deference to what he's accomplished, I think John Lester will get that Game Three start. So now, if you go out and let's assume they do clinch the division, got what? Uh, Five games left, you're three and a half up. That would be a collapse of epic proportion, knowing that you've got two more with the Pirates. You better win those two and basically put this thing on ice. Well, then, what if you win the first two in the first round? Now you have a chance to maybe, can you bring Darvish back? Depends how it all happens. So we'll see. Just what David Ross chooses to do, but for me, it's clearly John Lester.
1: Good stuff, David Kaplan. Appreciated. We uh, will talk to you one week from today, if not before. Thank you, Cap. Anything breaks, you call me. I'm here. I know you can. You'll be there for us. We appreciate. it. Thanks, Cap. Good to talk to David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Centurion Stone, if you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or interior project, any size, check them out online. Centurion Stone of Iowa. You will find the showroom, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. It's essentially right across the street from the Animal Rescue League. Uh, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Centurion Stone of Iowa. Uh, Justin Luch, Joe Farron, and the entire team at Centurionstown, thank you for doing that for us and making Cappy available to our audience. So, Giolito pitches tonight. Mm-hmm. Same ex- same thing with him and Hendricks. It sounds as though the White Sox might need Sunday's game against the Cubs more so.
2: It's not just the Twins. It's the Indians. And they right. remember, there's still two more games left in that series, too. Right. Bieber gets them tonight. Whew. If the Indians sweep this series, they'll be tied with the White Sox. Suddenly, the White Sox went from... A week ago, clear-cut number 1 team yeah. in the American League. They might drop down to the 7th seed oh in the playoffs. That's a real possibility now that could happen to the White Sox. And Bieber tonight, as you mentioned. And then road trip out to Oakland oh. instead of hosting in the opening round before mm. you depart to the Divisional Series down in Southern California. It's, it's been crazy to see this team that has just been on fire for so long offensively. Bats have not been there they've cobbled together a pretty good bullpen. A lot better than I anticipated coming into the year, but that's the panic button. You remember when the Twins had their rough week, and I was freaking out. Mm -hmm. Now the White Sox are going through it, and I I poked the bear a little bit last year to Sean Roberts and Emory Songer, the two White Sox fans here at our building, Tell the the noose is tightened just a little bit with those guys. They're getting a little nervous with their White Sox all of a sudden. Oh, this is fun! But this has been tremendous. This really baseball
1: is. has been just absolutely—you can't turn it off. Can't turn it off. We will uh, come back and talk some NFL. Vinny Iyer uh, will join us next. Did you hear how what happened to Tyrod Taylor? Did you, did you know what's behind this? No, Sorry. I saw
2: he I saw Herbert's getting the start again this week. Oh, Ian Rappaport just
1: reported that. On okay, Twitter. good. So he was taking a shot for his. I guess he got some cracked ribs. Okay. The Chargers team doctor, with the needle that he was injecting to yeah. to, to, to numb the pain, punctured his lung. Oh, jeez! Punctured his lung. I gotta think the Chargers probably in the market for a new team
2: doctor. I right? would guess so. Holy crap! Speaking of that, how about the uh, Michael Thomas when he had the high ankle sprain, going to the Packers team doctor who is renowned for ankle injuries, went to him to see who plays Sunday night. That's unbelievable. I didn't Saints. know that. Packers, And there's a real possibility. Thomas initially, people thought, four to six weeks with that high ankle sprain, he might give it a go Sunday night. And The reason? He went to see one of the most renowned doctors, as it pertains to that, who happens to work for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Good stuff out of Cappy.
1: Thank you again, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Uh, NFL conversation next. We take you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO,
3: 106.org. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM,
0: this is KXNO. Hi, Miller and
1: Condon, 1130 on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Time to talk to our friend Vinny
2: Iyer. He is a three-time Jeopardy! champion. New season underway with social distancing. They have separated the lectern with the three standings there. So a little bit different look this year, but it's still Jeopardy! And Vinny, I know you're excited to have it back as I am.
3: Yeah, something to do, something to watch. Uh, We might not have uh, scripted television for a while, so this is what we get. I mean, all the networks seem to be putting out Game shows. I think Supermarket Sweep is returning, so you know we're in trouble if uh, those type of game shows have to return to entertain us this fall.
1: Thank God we have football, Uh Vinny Iron. This is right in your wheelhouse, so a lot of ground to cover with you, but let me start. I know your power rankings came out. I I love reading power rankings. Two weeks into the season, I get it, it's early. Uh, what team is looks as though they're better than you thought they were going to be? And conversely, what team looks as though, boy, I sure missed on them. They're not very good at all. Who would those two teams be?
3: Well, I think let's start with the easy one on the 0-2. Eagles and Vikings, they just look terrible at this point. I mean, the Eagles, I understand part of it is uh, injury-related here for them, but they had these injuries last year, too, and they overcame them. Maybe it took a while for them to adjust to them and make it happen, but just the way they've lost. They've been beat up up front. You didn't expect that. People are really exploiting the back of their defense, so that's a problem. Speaking of defense, I mean, the Vikings' Oof. defense is just awful right now. I mean, you knew they would have some kind of drop-off in the secondary, but then the rest of the team, I mean, you know Daniel Hunter is hurt, and they now have lost Anthony Barr for the season, so there's some injuries at play there, but... That's how undisciplined they are. You've never seen that from Mike Zimmer defense where they're just getting gashed by big plays and just being run over consistently. So that is definitely a concern. And what the Vikings have done is they've built a team around their defense that they want to run the ball, play ball control, and use Dalvin Cook. They're not meant to chuck the ball a lot with Kirk Cousins. And then look what happened. If you get behind, your defense is bad you're going to have to throw and be uncomfortable and take the ball out of the hands of your best player, Dalvin Cook. So it's not very good right now for the Vikings. Uh, they're underdogs at home against the Titans. I didn't expect that in week three. Yep. The Eagles are trying to scratch out a win against the Bengals. So those two teams, then you have to say, locally, the Chicago Bears have been a nice surprise. I know they haven't played much here. they have the Lions and Giants, but – it's better than being the Lions or Giants (laughs) (laughs) and being one of those teams. So, I mean, right now you come in and you maybe have an opportunity against the Falcons this week. I mean, that's definitely a beatable team. Their defense is not that good. So you go in on the road and the Falcons have had some exciting games and you lost to two better teams, you'd say, the Seahawks and Cowboys. But you still say Atlanta's got a lot of issues where the Bears, you got to be pleased with two things. The way they're running the football, David Montgomery. The way uh, Mitchell Trubisky's hanging in there using new weapons. I think the Nick Foles move motivated him for sure. He's starting to play like he did a couple years ago. So there's that at play here for the Bears. So you can't argue that they're surprised. And 2-0, and oh, you always have a good playoff shot when you start 2-0. Two oh.
2: Two-part question. One for this year, one for the rest of, for the next decade. I give you Kyler Murray or Josh Allen to win a playoff game for this year? Who do you want? And then long-term, who's the quarterback for you?
3: Well, I guess we have to say who's going to get to the playoffs for sure. And you'd right say it's Josh Allen now, but you don't know the way the, play, way the Patriots are playing. Who knows? But there are some opportunities to get in the playoffs. I mean, at this point, they're both 2-0. And we we know that if you're 2-0, again, your chances really shoot up to uh, get into the playoffs. So they both should have an opportunity. I just trust Tyler Murray a lot more. I mean, Josh Allen, I think what we think about is the way he played in the playoff game last year against the Texans, erratic, making mistakes. What I see with Kyler Murray is that he's always in control, it seems like. He knows where to run. He reminds me a lot of Russell Wilson. And the same, that baseball player mentality, except I think what you've seen is that uh, seven years later, people realize players like Wilson should be taken number one overall. And that's what basically what it is. The game is adapted to a player like that. He slides, much like Wilson, that baseball player's mentality. He protects his body. He doesn't force the issue downfield. He really picks spots to run. I think he's just a straight-up better runner, where I see Josh Allen is more just a reckless thrower and runner, where I see precision pinpoint play from Kyler Murray. So, to me, if I'm going 10 years down the line, I think Kyler Murray is going to end up being a much better overall quarterback.
1: Uh, let's go to New Orleans, who's got another primetime slot coming up this week. Trent and I both feel that we've. We're not seeing the, uh, the Drew Brees from even a couple of years ago, Vinnie. I, I don't, I mean, Father Time catches up with everybody, right? Other than Brady so far. Um, it seems as though Drew Brees, uh, is, has been caught. Uh, he's not the same guy. When you watch him play, how big has the drop off been? Or is it, you know, he's only had two weeks, didn't have any offseason. Maybe these veterans take a little longer. Where are you on Brees and the Saints?
3: This is a tough team to read for me right now, early out of the gate. I mean, the Michael Thomas injury, you know that it has something to do with Drew Brees' play, especially against the Raiders. First game, was, Buccaneers' defense is tougher than people would like to admit at this point. They can get after it make some plays. They force them into some things. Uh, They're fortunate to escape from that game because they got a pick six and Alvin Kamara ran wild in the receiving game. But look overall, I mean, where do you find the Saints' offense here? I mean, Trey smith might have to step up a little bit more. Emmanuel Sanders really didn't do much. And Jared Cook was kind of quiet as well in the second game. Without Thomas, you expect both of these guys to step up as veterans, but it was Traquan Smith who kind of had to pick things up. Tamara had to kind of dominate the game just to keep him in the game. So, yeah, you're a little concerned there. Now they're playing the Packers, red hot, coming mm-hmm. in there to New Orleans. New Orleans hasn't been a great place for Greenblade to play in the past, but Here's a team that scored 43 and 42 points early in the season. They're red hot offensively. Aaron Rodgers is on fire. There's no question that he's lost anything at this point. Like, he's fine. Aaron Jones is looking fantastic. So this is a crossroads game for the Saints because, okay, we saw them beat up the Bucs in week one. I said, okay, they're going to be fine in this division. But the Bucs play the Broncos this week. They had to win against the Panthers. They could all of a sudden be 2-1. The Saints could be 1-2 and it's back in the favor of Tampa this division. So, yeah, there's some uh, real pressure on Drew Brees this week, especially with Rodgers on the other side playing at an elite level at this point, uh, despite his advanced age.
2: Vinny, a huge part of Week 2 was the conversation about injuries from the guys lost for the season like Saquon Barkley to guys that are out for a few weeks like Christian McCaffrey, by the way, the top two picks in pretty much every fantasy league, Mm going to be on the shelf for a while here. Vinny, what, what do you look at this? I know there are a myriad of different issues that come up, but the lack of preseason games, is that number one in your mind, or is it something else? Well, the one thing,
3: injury, I don't... We call it ACLs being such a popular injury. I mean, they are like the go to dreaded injury right now. You said, What's the one injury that you fear every player having? That's it, because it takes a long time to come back from it. It's a year, hopefully, that you come back at full strength, and then you have to see and make sure you don't re injure yourself from it. So I, I just think these guys train year round. They're all in great shape, but sometimes one little tweak, one little twist, can uh, cost them everything here. So uh, it, it's just a very tough game. And with running backs, you can just land awkwardly somewhere. That's really what happened with both of these guys is didn't really uh, get mauled or anything. It just was a weird turnaround play and they got hurt and they were out of the game. So I don't know if it's that. I mean, there's a bunch of players that are also very durable and healthy and play weekend and week out that are not affected by this. But I just think in general, if you're in a stop, start, cut, position, like running back, especially with those guys, how quickly they are, they're going to be susceptible to injuries, especially when you have people coming after them and they're the focal point of every defense. So I think you look at it, I mean, you do want to fix the things with the turf. You want to make sure things are conditioned well. And then on top of everything else, with all these injuries, we had a doctor
1: Jeez, in unreal. week
3: number two with uh, uh, Terod Taylor, Apparently, he got uh, punctured lung by supposedly having an injection that was supposed to help him with a chest pain. So that is not very good when your doctor is causing uh, injuries instead of helping you heal your teeth.
1: Boy, isn't that the truth. Vinny, fast forward to Monday night. Uh, when the schedule came out, a lot of people thought, oh, there's the game of the year. I kind of agree with them, even though it is week three, but the first tiebreaker in anything is head-to-head with the Chiefs in Baltimore, and they look like the two best teams in the AFC, at least at this point. Uh, Are we making too much of this Monday night affair, Vinny, considering it's week number three and there's a lot of football left, or uh, is this potentially the game of the year like we feel it is?
3: I think it's definitely... One up there. I mean, I think the Packers Saints the night before is going to be exceptional as well. So that could be an NFC championship preview, just like this one is an AFC championship preview. So rarely do you get two games of that magnitude back to back in primetime, but we'll take them. Yeah, I think with this one, I wouldn't sleep totally on some teams in the AFC. We talked about these two teams probably being the class of the AFC, but we know the Patriots are starting to figure things out again. Cam Newton. We know the Bills are red hot. We know the Steelers are looking very good with Ben Roethlisberger and their defense playing at a high level. So, yeah, I mean, you need everyone you can get. You need to separate. I think with the Chiefs, the one thing they can rest on here a little bit more than the Ravens is they're going to win their division. I mean, the Broncos, forget them. They're done here. The Chargers are going to have to roll with the rookie quarterback. The Raiders are 2-0, and but no one expects them in the end to compete with the Chiefs. So, when you look at that, the Chiefs are going to be in firm control. They're going to win the division. They, they just need to figure out how high of the seed they're going to get. While the Ravens, they got to worry about the Steelers right behind them. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really the reality of this, But the Steelers could jump up and grab this division. I don't think you could rule out the Browns from uh, causing some problems for them later in the season as well. So I think it's a much more important game for the Ravens. They're at home. They're supposed to take care of business. The Chiefs win this, then you got to feel very confident in your chances that you're going to roll towards the number 1 seed. There's no one out there who's going to stop you, and uh, you're going to be a pretty heavy Super Bowl favorite, as everyone expected.
2: Vinny, we'll get you out on this. I posted to Ken earlier in the week. Seemingly every year, there's an 0-2 team that comes back and makes the playoffs. Is there a team that you can identify, you think, still is a good enough team to get in with the expanded playoffs this year and seven teams in each conference getting in?
3: Yeah, that definitely changes the potential for an 0-2 team to get in. Actually, last year, I think the Steelers were in that boat where they were able to rebound from that and get in if they had the expanded playoffs. So, think about that. But I think it it's the Texans only because they have Deshaun Watson. That's yeah. the only reason I'm saying that. And they play in the AFC South. And you have Jacksonville Indianapolis. where you know they're going to be inconsistent, not very good. The Titans are 2-0, but we know they can cool off in any time, even lose a game like this week to the Vikings. So, They're in it. The Texans are always going to be in it to get in the playoffs. They just have that quarterback play that could uh, help them rise above all their other issues. That said, they have a lot of issues, and that's going to be a concern. I really don't see the Eagles and Vikings turning things around. I just can't uh, fathom just with their fundamental issues. There are more things that you just can't fix overnight, and uh, that's what's definitely happening with the Eagles and Vikings where I think the Flip side: The Texans are just lucky by geography. There, they're the answer yeah, the Good
1: stuff, Vinny Iyer. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Vinny, appreciate it. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you. All right, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, Vinny Iyer, SportingNews.com As we talk a little NFL, yeah most people are looking at the Texans, which means they'll play on Saturday in the wild card game at twelve thirty.
2: Yeah, because we get an extra one this year, so instead of the 3.30 spot, pump it up a little bit. Move it up to just afternoon, a little lunch with the Texans. <laughs> an annual occurrence, right? On the first Saturday in January. You, you know who they have this week. So it was, first two weeks, they played the Chiefs and the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Who do they get this week? The Steelers, just oh, the third best team of
1: the AFC. You know what? I do know that because we turned in our picks to Mediacom, and that's my pick. I, yeah, the Steeler team, they didn't look worth a damn against Denver, Yeah. but Drew Locke was out. I'm just wondering, my my
2: theory was they kind of let up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not let up,
1: but you know what I mean? Knew they could Between take the, the, gas ears, out, yeah. the foot off
2: the gas and coast into a win. Right. We'll see.
1: We'll come back, wrap things up. Miller and Condon with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXN01. dot org. <laughs> segment here on a Wednesday. Thanks to all our guests today. Cappy was terrific. 11.05. Not that Vinnie Iyer was bad by any means. Or Stephen M. Sipple, or Bill Bender, but uh, Cappy, lots of Chicago topics percolating today, and thank you once again, Centurion Stone of Iowa, uh, as Cappy joins us on a weekly basis.
2: I was uh, into Centurion Stone talking to Justin for a long time yesterday. Our little drop-in meeting turned into, you know, talking for 10 minutes to almost two hours. We were just sitting there talking about all kinds of things going on in the world, but one thing... Remember uh, two winters ago when we had the pipe burst in our home? Yes, I do remember that. And we had some things put in. The mantle that was put in by the company that did all the work, maybe not exactly what my wife was hoping for. And I was looking, they had this barnwood, that old retexturized barnwood. It is incredible. Really nice in there. If you're looking to update the fireplace or do something like that with a mantle, they have all kinds of great stuff in there. Really, really nice stuff. Centurion Stone, just uh, right in there, north side of Des Moines, right on your way up to Ankeny, and a great showroom. They're open. Normal hours, 8 to 5, you can stop in there. And and Saturday hours, too, I believe, in the
1: morning. Yeah, they're right across the street from the Animal Rescue League. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you again, Centurion Stone of Iowa. So the five city schools, we started the show by floating out this Idea what what's what's preventing them from once they do return to the hybrid model on the tenth of November to getting together and playing for a city championship? Maybe that means a round robin, a four-week schedule. The top two teams then would play for a playoff. That takes us to the middle of December. There's nothing says you don't have you have to play Friday night, play in the middle of the day on Saturday or whatever. I uh, might miss a couple of weeks of basketball, but you might not. But the kids have taken it upon themselves. Uh, the five city schools are getting together for a seven-on seven this friday uh, east hoover north roosevelt lincoln seven on seven um obviously there'll be no coaching mm-hmm. wouldn't it be as so, always but the kids are going to decide to hell with it we want to do something on friday night and they're going to get together and they're going to do that so good for them i hope they have an opportunity to play and i do not to, I, I, go forward with the city championship
2: <laughs> yes. for god's sakes it's a great idea I, I love what you came up with the idea and let's hope that we can get back to that point. Get these kids out there and let them finish off. You don't their get another. You
1: don't get another senior season, Trent. right? I'd just be. I couldn't imagine these kids gutted not having this opportunity. All right. So yesterday you gave us a couple of plays. Mm-hmm. You didn't hit your three teamer, but you were on Milwaukee over Sunny Gray and the Cincinnati Reds. We've got basketball tonight. By the way, how about Denver? We didn't talk about the uh, uh, the Nuggets or the uh, the Lakers game last night. Easily could be up to one in the series. You know what?
2: They really could, couldn't they? I agree with you. They have figured it out. They got a little bit more room now for Murray. And after the Lakers went zone, and for them to come back in that fashion, Murray hit those two ridiculous threes, yeah. including that rainbow. Oh, my gosh. He is, I thought he'd be a guy what, that could 50, score in the league. 50 seconds left or whatever? Yeah. But that was it at that point. I thought he could score in the league. I never thought he was going to be a transformational player. He's heading that level. And his ability to finish in the lane, it's not just a shooter. Nope. He can get to the 10 and he can finish. Tough. He is so much fun. He is. You know who else is good?
1: Monte Morris. Yeah. Monte Morris had a big... He had his thumbprints on that game last night. He really (laughs) did. Uh, He was very efficient last night. Monte Morris. Oh, boy. What an impact he's had.
2: Well, no NBA tonight. Oh, they got the night off? Well, for me. As it pertains to play, Oh, I got plays. Okay. Because, yeah, the East goes tonight, right? They do. They finally get started again. You have a feeling Celtics heat game four tonight? I will be
1: watching game three of the NHL and the White Sox going up against the Indians. Bieber, Giolito, that's Appointment TV.
2: 730 start, which I like. Push mm-hmm. that back a little bit more. Celtics are favored by three, but that's a stay away for me. I am playing your hockey, though. You are. Going back to the well. Thought I was home free two nights ago because I had Tampa minus one and a half. Yep. Going back to that one again. To taking lay the, Tampa, going to lay the one and a half. Get plus one seventy five currently at Bill Hill with that number. Like the, that one. Here's the deal, Trent.
1: With them, they better score and have a couple of goal lead because mm-hmm. they wear down. Yeah, they yeah. really have this. Stamkos. Uh, the Tampa Bay coach John Cooper said, "Inching closer. This is closer. this is their captain. This is arguably their best player, and he hasn't played in the entire playoffs.
2: So laying the one and a half. If okay. it goes to overtime, I'm screwed. But uh, <laughs> going to do that with Tampa tonight. Tampa." Rays. Yeah. Also a chance to clinch the division tonight. They're only minus one hundred fifty six. They're a big favorite, but minus one fifty six, like that price. Bet sixty one to win hundred. That's what you have to do. Or if you're like me, bet six ten to win ten. That's the direction I'm going with that one. So gonna take and the race. Uh tonight it is Tampa against somebody not good. I just had it up here a moment ago. Tampa Bay, as we scroll Ah, uh, the Mets. And it's Michael Walker, who has not been no. good this year. ZRA is almost seven. Eesh. And uh, you get class now on the bump for the Rays. So, like that price at minus 156. Finally, we'll go back to the well one more time with another parlay. Hendricks and the Cubs tonight. Mm-hmm. Freed goes for the Braves tonight. And the Twins with Maeda. Three-teamer, a little better than two to one on the money line there, plus 205. Well, you got fact. three good starters, Trent, putting it mildly. So,
1: good stuff there. All right, Murph and Andy are coming in today at, well. Why would today be any different? They'll be on the air from two until four. Then the Fanatics um, Hawkeye show goes tonight. What do they call it? Hawk oh, yes. Central. Hawk Central at six o'clock. Are you hosting? Or no,
2: not this week.
1: It'll be Ross. Good Ross, and the crew will be back for Hawk Central. They go from six until seven tonight. Lysta to Cow and Mark Emirates, and of course tomorrow the Morning Rush will be on your airwaves at six a.m. Enjoy, Enjoy the, the puck. Yes. What a, a number! Numbers are awful. Yeah. Oh, nobody's watching. Uh, The puck and Bieber versus Giolito. That's my night. I'm pretty sure that's where I'll stay. All right. uh, Thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Well, we're Miller and Condon, we take the 10 to noon slot for local sports conversation on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.